0: The stock market today is more volatile than ever, and it's easy to get preoccupied with short term performance and lose sight of your true objectives. The Big Tech Score provides readers with a rare opportunity the opportunity to gain insight into an investment process that works from one of Wall Street's true superstars. The Big Tech Score is an easily read, common sense approach to technology investing. Mike and I have very consistent views as to how individuals should assess, monitor, and maintain their own investments. They're all laid out in this book. Buy what you know, honestly analyze your own risk profile, look for an extraordinary management team, analyze a company's true competitive advantage, look for companies that customers love, monitor their progress, and stay the course. Staying the course is critical I believe more people make more money on their homes than they do trading or playing the stock market. Why? Because people own their homes for an average of seven years, but they own their stocks for about seven weeks. The big returns don't happen in the third week or the third month. The third or fourth year is when you really begin to reap the benefits of a well-placed investment. I read recently that the average turnover for stocks on the NASDAQ is something like 39 days. I think that if people would commit to a more realistic time horizon when they invest in companies, they'd be much better off. The Big Tech Score is one of those five or six must-reads that should be in everyone's personal investment library. It provides a framework for how to think about investing. It rescues investors from having to be so preoccupied with the day-to-dayness of the marketplace and teaches them how to think analytically about companies and their true long-term prospects. Scott W. Shozel, Portfolio Manager, Janus 20 Fund Preface In the winter of 1990, fresh from the sale of the computer consulting firm I'd run for ten years and itching for a new challenge, I set out to conquer Wall Street. I came armed with a Ph.D. in mathematical modeling, an MBA in accounting, and whatever knowledge I'd gleaned from 15 years of designing software and computer application systems. I had lots of gumption, but absolutely no Wall Street experience. Sanford Bernstein, a respected investment boutique specializing in detailed industry research and evaluation, was looking for a stock research analyst to specialize in the computer industry. I somehow charmed my way into an interview and was hired. After nine months of work on my first report, I launched as an analyst on January 2, 1991, with a 234-page market research forecast on the PC software industry. I was under the microscope from the start. My analysis of Microsoft especially generated a lot of heat. Word on the street was that Microsoft's 1992 fiscal earnings would be about $3.70 per share. This was the average or consensus estimate amongst sell-side analysts, a number like those often printed in the Wall Street Journal, New York Times, and other publications. My report placed them at $4.76. significant difference considering that most estimates varied by no more than 10 or 20 cents from the consensus because I worked for Sanford Bernstein my analysis couldn't be completely dismissed but my findings were met with considerable skepticism how could a new analyst be right when he disagreed so dramatically with all his more senior colleagues how could a billion dollar company like Microsoft continue to grow at such a fast rate Most analysts thought it inevitable that Microsoft stock would begin to slow down. My prediction meant an increase in earnings per share of more than 40% over the next year. The pressure was on. Soon, even I started to doubt my analysis. Sure, I'd been careful, but maybe I'd missed something. Things hit rock bottom when I learned that an important client had asked one of the Bernstein salespeople... What was Mike smoking when he came up with these numbers? I decided to face things head-on. I asked the salesperson to set up a meeting with that client, a brilliant investor named Glenn Doshay, who was then at Ardsley Partners and now runs his own firm, Palantir Capital. Glenn agreed to meet me because, if I was right, Microsoft...